0: Uh, some breaking uh, news uh, to bring you from Leicester Crown Court. Uh, it comes to us that the TikTok influencer Mahek Bukhari and her mother Ansreen Bukhari have both been found guilty of the murders. Mum with me. Like I said, leave it. You're not involved. You don't know what's going on. You just go straight on and leave it. I go, okay, that's fine. When the consequences of Ansarine's affair with a younger man came to light, TikTok influencer Mahek would do whatever it took to protect her mum, even if it meant murder. This is Red Run, stories about the true victims of crime. Red Run was researched using news archives, court documents, documentaries and social media content. This show is meant purely for educational and entertainment purposes and not meant to cause offence to anyone. The sources can be found in the show notes or on the website. The Skoda, carrying Zakib and Hashim, arrived at the Tesco car park in Leicester at 10 past one on the morning of February the 11th, 2022. Zakib, the passenger in the Skoda, saw the Audi TT parked in the middle of the car park. As the Skoda drove closer, it was clear that there were four people in the vehicle. He was likely alarmed because he was only expecting two. There was also a SIAC car hiding in the shadows by the stairwell. There were four people in it and they were wearing balaclavas. Hashim, the driver of the Skoda, immediately swung the steering wheel round and did a U-turn, exiting the car park quickly. This was a setup. The engine of the SEAT roared to life and the lights turned on and it followed closely behind the Skoda. The Skoda had to stop at a red light a little while ahead and as it did, the SEAT pulled up behind it. A witness report later stated that Hashim did look... In the mirror to see if anyone would get out of the car behind him but no one did and so when the light turned green he drove on and the SEAT followed close behind. About 55 seconds later the Audi approached that same light which had by now turned red again but it jumped the light and continued driving forward. All three vehicles headed towards the A46, a long road, a dual carriageway that heads towards Nottingham, is a 70 mile per hour road. Now on the way there, Hashim circled around about twice, probably to see if anyone was following him, and the SEAT was, it was right behind him. Hashim continued towards the A46, picking up speed, and whilst he was doing this, Saqib had used his phone and had been calling someone and was shouting at them. At this point he disconnected the call and then he called 999 he told the operator quote i'm being followed by two vehicles and they're trying to block me in i can't get to a police station i need help right now there's guys following me they've got balaclavas on now on the long straight a46 the skoda accelerated it was trying to get away from the seat and the audi 60 70 80 then up to 90 miles per hour Saqib was still on the phone to the police trying to describe what was happening. The operator heard him say, block them off, block them off, as the Audi tried to overtake the Skoda. All three cars were really close to each other now. The old Skoda just didn't have the power to shake off the two chasing vehicles. Given the recorded phone call, it was clear that Hashim was extremely scared. Quote, they're literally right behind, right behind. And then there was a loud bang and Saqib said, they hit the back of the car. The SEAT following them had hit the Skoda at 90 miles per hour. Saqib screamed, quote, they're trying to run me off the road, they're trying to kill me, I'm going to die. They're hitting the back of the car very fast, please, I'm begging you, I'm going to die. And then the operator said that help was on the way. The impact that the SEAT had with the back of the Skoda caused it to veer to one side of the road and although the tyres screeched, On the ground as hasheen tried to brake he lost control of the car at 92 miles per hour the skoda careered towards the central reservation and as it did the two side wheels hit the curb causing it to actually become airborne the skoda hit the central reservation barrier went through and then just behind it was a very sturdy very large tree and the car carried on moving at full speed the next thing the operator heard was silence the skoda had carried on its trajectory and smashed into that tree and wrapped itself around it the, the engine burst away from the bonnet and continued forward in a straight motion landing meters away from the car the two pursuing cars passed the wreckage that had just happened and just continued on driving they didn't call for help they didn't stop they just continued forward It was now around 1am and after the noise and the ferocity of the crash, after that there was an eerie silence. But then a spark ignited from the electrical system, then a flame, then a small fire and then fierce burning engulfed the whole vehicle, getting hotter every minute until you could feel the temperature on the other side of the dual carriageway. Although it was dark, both sides of the dual carriageway were lit up from the force of the fire. A recovery driver on his way home to Nottingham noticed debris on the road. He then saw the vehicle ahead of him that was burst into flames and at this point he assumed that there was no one inside. He couldn't bring himself to think anything other than that and so he made the decision to block off the road and call emergency services. Emergency services were already on their way. The fire by this point could be seen from a long way away. Now at this time, on the other side of the road travelling back towards Leicester were the two cars that were earlier involved in that chase. Both cars drove past the burning wreckage, driving slowly, trying not to draw any attention to themselves. Because of the intensity of the fire, the Skoda couldn't be safely reached and so fire services had to extinguish the fire first and then as they got closer, they saw a body hanging out of the passenger side door. And finally, when they managed to extinguish the fire completely, they came across another body, this time in the driver's seat. Zakib, the passenger, suffered a near total amputation of his right leg in the collision. He also suffered severe burns to his body. It was the rapid loss of blood from the near amputation that killed him. The driver, Hashim, suffered head injuries. He was severely burned too, but he was already dead prior to the fire. Saqib had died from blood loss and Hashim had died from head injuries. Both men were just 21 years old. The single vehicle crash seemed, at first, to onlookers to be just a tragic road accident. No one had stopped at the scene that had witnessed the actual crash and so couldn't give any details as to what had happened. But the public didn't know what the police had and that was the 999 call from Sakeep just moments before the fatal crash. As the bodies were removed from the crash site that morning The investigation was already well underway and arrests would be being made any minute. Through mobile phone data, vehicle tracking information, CCTV footage and internet information, the police began to gradually discover what had happened. This wasn't just a hit and run, this was a chain of events that went back three years. Ansreen, 46 year old married mother of two, was one of the passengers in the chasing Audi she had started an on-off affair with Saqib in 2020. Saqib, a good-looking young man, worked in a bakery and also helped his father, who was a delivery driver and lived in Banbury. His affair with Ansreen was passionate and he later told his friends that he was in love with her. Saqib knew Ansreen's daughter, Mahek, who was also a passenger in the Audi. In May 2021, Saqib Ansreen Mahek, and two of Mahek's cousins arrived at a two-day party together at a bungalow in Banbury. Saqib and Ansarine were hugging, kissing and holding hands. They were also seen going into a bedroom together. In December of 2021, Saqib booked a hotel room and took Ansarine to London. From August 2021 until February 2022, Saqib contacted Ansarine 1,702 times. She contacted him 214 times. He was a young man, infatuated. Zakeeb's sister said that he was head over heels and that he loved her so much. But by January 2022, Ansarine had decided to end the affair. Things were getting too much. They were getting too serious, and she didn't want to ruin her marriage. If the affair ever became publicly known, Ansarine's marriage would be destroyed, as would her reputation and her daughter's relationship with her father. Saqib was devastated when Ansarine told him that she wanted to end it. She was the love of his life, but as far as she was concerned, he was just someone she was having an affair with. Saqib, desperate to get back with Ansarine, sent her Instagram messages almost daily, but she just didn't reply. He asked Ansarine to call him, but she never did, and he would later message her saying that he was going to do something to himself. These messages continued, and he told her how much he missed her, and she replied with okay, calm down. During the course of their relationship, the course of the affair, Saqib and Ansarine had taken photos, and in these photos, Ansarine was in compromising positions, and it was very evident from the photos that there had been a sexual affair. With Ansarine adamant that she didn't want to continue the relationship, Saqib was angry and he told her that he didn't give a fuck. He was going to do what he needed to do. When he was angry, he said he was angry. He then sent her a picture of her topless and said that he would send it to her family. Saqib messaged again saying that he and his friends were going to go and visit her family in Stoke. This was getting out of hand for Anne If her husband was there when Saqib arrived, then everything would be revealed and she couldn't let that happen. Ansarine told him, I'm calling the police which of course she didn't because then it would have been revealed to the world what she'd been doing. Instead, she confided in Mahek, her daughter, and she told her what had been going on and said she needed her help. And Mahek was determined to do whatever it took to protect her mother. At some point, Saqib's mind turned to all of the money that he had spent on the affair with Ansarine, all of that money he'd spent on trips to London, taking her out. And he said that it amounted to around £3,000. And he told Ansarine he wanted that money back. Because Auntreen wasn't answering any of Saqib's messages, he took to messaging Mahek, her daughter, and he told Mahek that if he didn't get this three thousand pounds, he was going to send those photos to Mahek's dad, Sreen's husband. He said if she just sent the three thousand pounds to his bank account, he would go to Pakistan and she would never hear from him again. But of course, the money was never sent, and so he then messaged Mahek again, saying, "Quote." I want you to get your mum to call me one last time. He also messaged Aunt Serene saying, quote, Don't force me into something stupid, Aunt Serene. I can break up your marriage, but I'm waiting for you to call me. Mahek, or maybe Vlogs, as she was known to her followers, lived with her mum and dad in Stoke-on-Trent. The 22-year-old was a social media star and influencer and her TikTok account had over 126,000 followers and included videos of Mahek, Aunt Serene, and friends. Her YouTube channel, Maybe Vlogs, had more than 3,700 subscribers and she'd share fashion, style and entertainment content. Mahek had over 43,000 followers on Instagram and she used her account to promote fashion items and beauty products and she'd made a good income from doing this. Any revelation about this affair that her mum had had with Saqib could potentially ruin that for her and it could stop this form of income and so she decided to do something about it she messaged the keep saying that she would get him the money of course she never intended on doing this and at the same time she told her mum that she would get people to jump him so that he wouldn't even know what day it was one of those guys was a man called rakan Karwan. he was a fellow youtuber and a friend of Mahet. Mahek told Rakan what was going on, and he actually took over communication and took the phone and was messaging Saqib. He said Saqib should text him from now on and leave Mahek and her mum Ansreen alone. Race Jamal was another one of Mahek's friends. He was told about the Saqib problem and started to recruit others to help solve this problem. This included Natasha Akhtar, who had been the person who'd provided the SEAT that was driven in the car chase. Rakan, Reis and Mahek all started to talk about what they should do to solve this problem. Even if they paid to keep off, he would still have a phone full of photos and videos of the pictures of Mahek's mum and so they devised a plan that would involve actually stealing the phone off of Saqib so that the pictures and photos would only be with them and Saqib wouldn't have access to them anymore. On the 9th of February Saqib managed to get through to Ansreen on the phone and Saqib's sister heard the conversation he'd put the phone on loudspeaker and she overheard him telling Ansreen how much he loved her and that he didn't blame her for the split up. Ansarine told Saqib that she would pay him the money, but he'd have to collect it from someone else. It was going to be a, a, someone that she knew, a boy, she described him as. And she said that he would be waiting in Tesco car park in Leicester, and Saqib would have to go there and collect the money himself. After this call, Saqib's sister told him that this could all be a setup and she didn't want him to go, but Saqib laughed it off and then headed outside. At 11 minutes past eight on the 10th of February, Saqib sent another message threatening that he would go to the Bukhari home if he needed to and as far as Mahek was concerned now was time to enact the plan. Rais, Raken and Mahek recruited five other people to help them with their plan. At 8.49pm that night Mahek messaged Saqib and she told him that she had the money and to come and meet in a car park in Loughborough and then she later changed that to a car park in Leicester. Saqib didn't have a driving license and so he messaged his friend Hashim, a long-term friend of his, and asked if he'd take him and Hashim agreed. At around 11pm that night, Saqib and Hashim left and they headed to Leicester and at around that same time, Mahek and her mum Ansreen were also leaving their house in Stoke and heading to that same car park. One person that they'd asked to help them was a woman called Natasha Akhtar. I've seen it reported in some places that she was a law student and she was living in Birmingham and so she left her house and headed to Leicester. Meanwhile, there were a flurry of phone calls between everyone else involved. Altogether, there were eight people and the idea was that they all needed to be in that Leicester car park before Sakeb arrived. All eight people were spread between two cars, one was an Audi and one was a Seat and those two cars did arrive in the Tesco car park minutes before Sakeb and Hashim arrived. The two cars parked side by side with their windows open so that they could talk to each other and they spoke about what they were going to do next. Rakan was driving the Audi and Rais was driving the Seat and Mahek and her mum were also in the Audi. The car was Mahek's, And this particular car wasn't one she usually owned, hers was in for repair. And so this particular car was a high-spec Audi and I'll come back to why that's important a bit later. The Seat then drove over to a darkened area of the car park and lay in wait. The plan was that Zaki would drive in and hopefully not see that Seat so that they could then ambush him. If he saw the Seat ahead of time, he would know it was a setup and he would just drive off. Zaki and Hashim had arrived into Leicester at about 12:45 a.m. but they'd gone to the wrong Tesco. After a phone call to Mahek, Zaki and Hashim drove to the right Tesco. The Skoda entered that car park and there was a flurry of phone calls between the passengers in the Seat and the passengers in the Audi. Zakib saw something in the dark darkness and shouted at Hashim to stop. It was clear they had both seen the Audi in the middle of the car park, but instead of just Mahek and Ansreen, there were two other people in it. That wasn't what was agreed. Sakib also saw something else. Hidden in the shadows of the stairwell was another vehicle. There were four people in it, and they were wearing balaclavas. Hashim turned the car around and headed for the exit, and at that same time, Rakan turned the Audi around and headed after them straight away. As they traveled along the A46, the eventual site of the crash, Saqib disconnected from Heck and called the police describing what was happening, staying on the line until the operator heard the terrible crashing noise and the line went dead. With the Skoda in flames and wrapped around the tree, the two cars that had been chasing parked up a little while up the road and they got out and discussed what they should do next. That's when they decided to drive slowly back towards Leicester and that's when they could see the fiery blaze on that side of the road as they drove past it. They arrived back in Leicester and all eight of them left the vehicles, with most returning to their respective homes. Mahek and Ansreen returned to their home in Stoke, but even as they were just leaving Leicester, the investigation was already well underway and the police had that 999 call. Natasha Akhtar was the first person to be arrested. The blue SEAT she was now driving home was being hunted by police within about three hours of the fatal crash. She was seen by police heading towards Birmingham and other police cars went to help and Natasha was blocked by police vehicles at 4.45 a.m. She was arrested on suspicion of. Murder and taken to a Birmingham police station. Police officers had driven past Ansarine and Mahek's house and seen an Audi sat outside, and they were pretty sure that was the car that was involved in the chase, and so they called for backup. When backup arrived, they went up to the front door, knocked on, and they were allowed inside. They had initially spoken to Ansarine's husband at the door. Now, as this happened, Mahek messaged Ansarine telling her that if the police asked who was in the Audi, she should say it was just the pair of them, and to confirm both were out of the house during the night in the Audi and had gone to Nottingham. Ansarine immediately started deleting as many of the incriminating messages on her phone as she could. At 9:30 a.m., both Mahek and Ansarine were arrested for murder. Rakan and Rais weren't actually arrested immediately and instead they'd gone to a phone shop that had been opened specially for them and they had switched out their phones for different ones and then just a day later they actually turned themselves into police. Meanwhile police were questioning both Mahek and Ansarine in separate interrogation rooms. As they were doing this they realised they weren't going to get a whole lot from Ansarine. In fact the only thing she would answer to all of their questions was no comment. Mahek! however, did talk, although not to tell police the truth. Mahek said that she was heading to Nottingham with her mum that night. She said the diversion sent her via Leicester and while she was there, she posted on the internet that she was in Leicester and it was seen by Saqib, who she described as someone she'd only met once. Quote, This person was harassing me, bullying me. He would upload on Instagram, my phone number, my email address. Mahek said that Sakeep had been editing Mahek's face onto photos of other women all because she was ignoring him and she went on to say that he was doing the same with her mum's pictures. Quote, this person is a stalker. She said people knew who she was and often when she went out at restaurants her car was damaged or the tyres slashed. She said, quote, I won't go to the police because at the end of the day it's always going to happen to me. Mahek told police that the events of that night were that Saqib messaged her telling her he knew she was in Leicester and she replied, please, can you leave me alone? She said that she then asked if she could meet him in a lit car park and he said no. And then he went on to say that he would only leave her alone if she gave him £3,000. She said she refused to give to keep the money but said that she would still meet up with him in that Tesco car park. But she said he never showed up. One of the detectives asked Mahek about that Tesco meeting. They asked why on earth she would meet up with him if she was so scared of him, and she said that he'd already asked for £2,000 and she wanted to sort this out face to face. The detectives then challenged Mahek on her claims that she hadn't seen any other vehicles in the Tesco car park. They had CCTV from this car park. And so they showed it to her. The first CCTV footage showed the Audi and the Siat arriving pretty much at the same time, stopping, having a chat, and then minutes later, Saqib and Hashim arriving in their car. But Mahek continued saying she didn't see anybody. The detective said, quote, we've got you. She went on to admit that she must have seen the SEAT but she didn't remember and added that she did not see any other cars. The detective asked then if it was just a coincidence she had been in the same car park as two other cars that were involved in a very very horrible crash just minutes later. Mahek continued to claim that because Sakeep had never come into that car park her and her men just went back to Nottingham. She said a SEAT had overtaken her car at a around 60 miles an hour and then another car had come down the middle a silver one which was the skoda that hashim and sakib were in and she said they were very close together she asked her mum what was going on she said she drove past the cars and then she heard a loud bang quote the silver cars hit the blue car i said mum what's going on she said you're not involved you just go straight on i was just in shock my leg was shaking i couldn't drive she said she pulled over and decided she did not want to go to Nottingham. Quote, I was hoping the silver car was okay. She claimed she didn't know the silver car contained Sakeb because Sakeeb had told her on the phone that he would be in a Mercedes. As she headed back down the A46, she said she did see the flames and the car wreckage, but she decided not to report it because ambulances were already there. Mahek was shown even more CCTV footage of her car and the other two cars all stopped at a red light together. But she said she just didn't remember, saying that she didn't take in every cart that went past her. She was asked, He lives in Oxfordshire, you live in Stoke. Was it just a coincidence that you were both on the same road at the same time? She then was asked if she was in contact with the driver of the SEAT, Reis, and she said no, she wasn't. But her phone records showed that he tried to call her a number of times the morning after the crash. When asked why he was trying to call her and also why he'd sent a message, Mahek just replied that she didn't know. Loads of people tried to call her and she couldn't control what they did. This woman is not smart. That might be unfair, I don't know her level of intelligence, but She certainly doesn't know how an investigation works and how evidence works. She said that she would see Raees once in a blue moon and that he had just happened to call her on the morning of the crash. She said she hadn't seen him since she was about 18 or 19 years old. She added that while she was on the phone to him, they were just chatting and she didn't even realise that the police were downstairs waiting for her. Mahex said Rakan, who was behind the wheel of her Audi when the crash happened, was a YouTuber and a friend of hers. She said she'd known him for about three years and that he'd become a family friend. As for Rakan, the guy who had been driving the Audi, Mahek said that he was a fellow YouTuber and she hadn't seen him since 2021. Police pointed to phone records that showed that she'd been on the phone to him at the exact time of the crash, but she said she doesn't know, she wouldn't remember and that so much has happened. Forensics were conducted on SEAT and found that near the front registration plate there was an impression in the front bumper which had removed some of the paint. They also found the fog light on the front bumper was out of place and you could clearly see damage that almost aligned with the Skoda's rear bumper. The case did go to trial and although the first one had to be cut short because of jury irregularities, the second one went ahead in summer of 2023. On trial were Natasha Akhtar, Ansreen Bukhari, Mahek Bukhari, Raiz Jamal, Rakan Karwan, Sanaf Mustafa. Amir Jamal and another person who was on trial but was acquitted. Each of the defendants faced two counts of murder and all of them denied murder. The prosecution pointed out that the 999 call that Saqib had made was of crucial importance into determining that this crash was intentional. The jury was shown phone location data, CCTV, AMPR, and social media messages. And on top of this, they were shown tracking data from the Audi. Earlier, I mentioned that it was a high-spec Audi, and this is important because it was on loan to Mahek and it showed exactly the speed, exactly the time, and exactly the location of where she was travelling. It showed that the Audi was doing 100 miles an hour immediately before the crash and braked hard immediately after the crash. The phone evidence showed that while Sakib had dialed 999 and was talking to 999 in the car just before the crash. There was an ongoing call between the people in the Audi car and the people in the SEAT and that phone call continued even after the crash. During the trial, Mahek was asked if she had a good relationship with her mom, to which she answered yes, her mom told her everything. She was then asked if her mom had an affair with other men and she said no and that her mom loved her dad. She stuck largely to the story that she told police in the first place, except for when the evidence pointed another way in which case she would just change her story also during the trial a phone call was presented that was made by natasha aktar when she was on remand and that was a phone call to her mom where she said quote i was part of it i could not get out of it at all i will get a few years i know that and then her mom tells her not to say anything to the police the prosecutor went on to say that race must have known that severe injury or death would be caused given the chase that was happening quote they were all parties to a plan to cause at least serious harm to Saqib if that was necessary to retrieve what they believed was on his phone. The jury took 28 hours to come to their conclusion and verdict on all eight defendants. One defendant was found not guilty. Natasha Akhtar, Sanaf gulam and Amir Jamal were found not guilty of murder. They were found guilty of manslaughter. Natasha got 12 years and Sanaf and Amir got 15 years. Ansreen Bakari, Mahek Bakari, Raees Jamal and Rakan Kawan were found guilty of the murders of Sakib and Hashim. The judge told Ansreen that she was the grown-up adult of this group and that she should have acted that way. It was the reason you, Ansreen Bakari, became your daughter's chaperone but your head was turned towards the perceived glamour far removed from the life you had lived until then as a mother and a housewife in Stoke-on-Trent. Ansreen was sentenced to a minimum of 27 years, which means she'd be 73 years old before she's even considered for parole. Rakan, the driver of the Audi, was given a minimum of 27 years imprisonment. Then it was Mahek's turn for sentencing. The judge described how Mahek and Ansreen caused a deadly maelstrom. TikTok and Instagram lie at the heart of this case. You, Mahek Bukhari, being an influencer on both platforms. That was the reason you dropped out of university. Had you not done so, you would be a young graduate with a whole life ahead of you. But now you confine yourself to prison for all of your best years. The judge described the TikTok influencer as self obsessed with an exaggerated sense of entitlement. He said, You are oblivious to the damage you do. Mahek was sentenced to 31 years and eight months in prison. 24-year-old Mahek Bakari will be 56 years old before she's even considered for parole. Finally, Rais, the driver of the car that rammed the Skoda, got a minimum of 36 years. Hashim's mum still calls his phone every single day and she'll still lay a place at the table for him when they eat together as a family. She said, quote, I should have protected you and kept you safe. Every day I struggle living in this world without you. Hashim's dad, asked if it was all worth it. Quote, you all made the decision to scare, harm, hurt my son and you made the decision not to let them escape that night when they fled in fear. Hashim was innocent, totally innocent. He drove his friend that night not knowing that he was driving to his death, the fear that he felt in those minutes being chased and then rammed off the road. They left Hashim and his friend to burn in a furnace of hell. They didn't just take two lives that night, took hours too. We've had people harass, abuse and threaten us as well as death threats." Saqib's dad described, The joy Saqib brought into our lives is immeasurable. Saqib's beautiful presence was a gift. He brought light into the lives of everyone who knew him. His smile would light up any room and he had a contagious laugh. He was kind-hearted and selfless, always putting others before himself this is red rum thank you so much for watching this episode if you enjoyed it please click the thumbs up button and thank you so much to our guest writer for their help with this episode it is a case that has literally just been concluded the sentencing happened last week um so the work that the guest writer has done on that is amazing so thank you so much i'll see you next week for another episode of red rum bye